Hey there. I'm in the middle of screening out companies who applied to the North Bay Angels right now. And we get a lot of them. We get well over a hundred companies applying in each cycle. And as chair of the fundraising committee, it's my job to weed out the ones that aren't going to succeed so I can send a manageable number through to the committee for detailed consideration. So out of that over 100, I really only want to send on about 20 to the committee to take a close look at. And so that means I need to go through all of them very quickly and eliminate most of them. And so this cycle, I decided to start keeping track. What is it? that knocks these companies out. And I've identified seven things that compose the vast majority of mistakes that get companies eliminated from this funnel. And the seventh is the most common and easiest to fix. Welcome to Fill the Booth, the science of startups. I'm your host, Lance Cottrell, and I'm here to help you along your journey to climb that vertical learning curve that you're going to encounter as a founder. I know what it's like, I've been there myself, and I have helped countless other founders along their journey. Now, this episode is part of our series on fundraising, and I'll put up a card and a link in the description so you can get all the other episodes and articles on that topic. All of this content is also available as a podcast or as articles. So however you prefer to learn or take in your information, we've got that for you. Also, I provide one-on-one -on -one advising for founders. So if you need help beyond what you can get from these videos and articles, please don't hesitate to reach out. Again, link up there and link in the description to get on my advising. There's several different flavors and ways from free to paid to equity. You'll see all the details there. How demoralizing is it to put together a detailed pitch deck and all of the materials and submit them to an angel group only to get ghosted? You get crickets or maybe if you're lucky, a really quick no with no explanation, no questions and no engagement. How do you even know what eliminated you? Well, the reality is we're eliminating a lot of companies in the early stages very, very quickly and we don't have time to respond to all of them. The numbers are crazy, right? I'm getting well over a hundred per cycle with the angel group. I get over a thousand a year through LinkedIn alone. Personally, I have to be able to triage that rapidly. And I want to share with you the reasons people are getting knocked out. Most of which you can address to make sure that you make it through to the later stages of this process, where we do take a detailed look at your company and are in a position to provide more substantive feedback about why you did or didn't make it through to actually present to the group. The first reason that we eliminate companies from the North Bay Angels is they don't meet our investment criteria. Most groups and funds have clearly articulated investment theses and criteria that define what kind of companies they invest in and what types they don't. For example, at the North Bay Angels, we have a strong preference for companies that are in the North Bay area, that are local to us, but we have a hard line at US companies. We simply do not consider any foreign companies within the North Bay Angels. So any company I see coming in from a foreign location immediately gets eliminated. Now, I had someone follow up with questions after they were eliminated and they said, but we're actually a US company but their application showed a foreign location, even though they were a US Delaware company, you're probably not gonna get reconsideration from most groups. So make sure you understand what the criteria are and match them before you take the time to apply. The second reason we eliminate companies is because they're just not 
venture investable. As angel investors, we need to have a company have the potential to return between 20 and 50 times our investment between five and seven years, realistically 10, but the potential for seven before it makes sense to go in our portfolios. We need the potential for those big wins to offset all the losses that we know we're gonna have in there. And people often claim, but our company is really safe. But the statistics don't bear that out. And certainly I've never met any angels who are perfect at picking only low risk companies. Now, that means we're not investing in local restaurants because they don't really scale well. We're not going to be investing in most services companies. Again, they've got a manpower scaling problem as well as a margins problem. Right? Billable hours services tend to be much lower margin. So we're looking for companies that have that ability to grow explosively. This tends to mean there's a bias towards things like SaaS, software as a service solutions, where the margins can be extremely high. But there's also opportunity for hardware solutions as long as they are built correctly. We also need to eliminate companies that are in extremely small niches. It may be a great business model, but there just aren't enough customers in the world to generate the kind of returns that we need to see. And so that's going to push them out. Finally, a lot of companies are not investable because they're not original ideas or original enough. Right? We see a huge amount of Me Too businesses where people are piling on. There's a flavor of the week and suddenly we're seeing dozens of applications of the same sort. And as soon as I'm seeing three or four of effectively the same business model, that hurdle gets really, really high. Now, not only does the underlying business need to make sense and have the potential for growth, but you've got to be showing me a really compelling reason why you win over all of those other companies that are applying at the same time. The competition is going to be fierce and usually most of the companies I see are claiming the same distinct advantage as all of the others. So if you're moving into a crowded hot space, take extra pains to make sure that you stand out from the rest of that crowd. The third and fastest way of getting eliminated from the funnel is providing an incomplete application. We don't ask for a huge amount. Some groups like to have very detailed and complex application processes. I don't want to read that much. We have something pretty streamlined, which means if you're missing information we're asking for, you're really not taking this seriously and I don't want to take you seriously. So if you don't submit a pitch deck, if you submit some Word document in place of your pitch deck, if you don't include information about your founders, about the size of the raise, about where you were incorporated and what kind of corporate entity you've created, these are basic things we need to look at because those are all criteria that we use to include or eliminate companies. If you don't include them, I'm not going to stop and ask you for that information. I'm just going to take your company and drag it into the dropped bin and move on to the next one. I just don't have time. The fourth reason companies get eliminated is because I know from experience that they're not of interest to our investment group. And this is unfortunately one that's a little difficult for you to guess ahead of time. I'd encourage you if you, there's anyone listed publicly on the selection committee or members of a given angel group that you're applying to, to reach out and ask them about the kind of deals that they tend to do. Talk to them about the sort of business you have and get an early read on whether this is something that's going to be of interest to them. So for example, I know our group, we're in an agricultural area north of San Francisco, we see a lot of beverage companies. And 
historically they have not done well with a group we have done some investments in the past and those investments did not do very well so in general our group is kind of down on beverage companies many people have those sort of things where they see a lot of something or uh, they brought them forward they look good but no one's invested after you bring forward you know, three or four of the same kind of company with the same kind of capabilities then people really do tend to get gun shy around that those businesses don't get the opportunity so when i see one of those that i know from track record the group's going to ignore i go ahead and shut it down right at the beginning and don't put them forward so in this case it really isn't a strike against the company as a company but more a poor fit with the historical thinking and behavior of our group however you may find that many groups share the same bias which could be a suggestion that there are some underlying issues with what you're doing because so many people are disinterested in that kind of business the fifth reason i eliminate a lot of companies is a lack of any kind of moat or defensibility many companies are doing something interesting and have seen an opportunity but it's not an opportunity that is particularly difficult to execute against so as soon as someone else sees what they're doing they could fairly quickly at low cost duplicate that solution so unless there's some other reason why people can't come in this doesn't look that appealing to me because as soon as this becomes a known thing and it's shown to be working the company's going to get crushed so there has to be some other form of strategic power at work right they need to be able to take advantage of a first mover position to dominate the market very very quickly and if it has high switching costs or network effects that lock you in as the leader that can be effective it's also a very expensive path so i need to have huge faith that you know how to execute that kind of hyper growth strategy it could be that this is incredibly technically complex and you've got the best minds in the world who've been working on this for years maybe supported by a bunch of intellectual property right that can help but companies that get get eliminated i look at them and i just don't see any reason why if they're successful they don't immediately get swatted down best case they sort of get aqua hired for the tech early on by some other company but it doesn't look like a really good multiple outcome for me so before i move on i want to take a moment and ask you to do the usual youtube things which is like subscribe and ring that bell it makes a huge difference to the channel it helps me help more founders which is the whole reason i'm doing this and it helps youtube know what you like so you'll see more of the kind of content you're looking for hopefully like this I also encourage you to go over to filltheboot.com and subscribe to our newsletter that gets you access to my free office hours you can also go to the advising section and see all the other kinds of office hours that I provide I'd love to help you out with all the issues that either I haven't covered in these videos or that are unique to your situation and require that kind of one-on-one -on -one interaction thanks the sixth thing that knocks out companies is a lack of focus or discussion at all of the business of their business often i see fantastic discussions of the problem and why people have a need for some sort of capability and usually a good description of their solution how they're solving that problem for those people often far too much discussion of the solution because founders are inordinately proud of these things that they've built understandably 
but it isn't what I care about. I need to understand that there's a business there that makes sense. And so often, it just doesn't exist. I have no idea whether you can acquire customers profitably, whether the advertising or sales costs are reasonable. What's that funnel like? What kind of churn are you gonna have? Uh, you know, do people wanna stick around? What price will they support? All of these things, all of the growth metrics, the unit economics of running and operating it, what's that tail look like? You know, what are the support requirements around this? What kind of technical tail do you have in terms of upkeep of the software to deal with whatever sort of platforms you're involved with? Those are critically important for me to understand, to know, does this business make viable sense? And so often, there's effectively no discussion of the business whatsoever. Maybe I get some financial projections that are a beautiful hockey stick. In fact, so beautiful, it's very clear that they just plugged in an exponential into their spreadsheet and spit those out. I need to understand the business. Tell me about it. That is what we are investing in. And not only in that details of the business, but in how you think about your business. If you don't talk about your business model, it makes me suspect you don't think much about your business model. You're really excited about the problem and you're really excited about your solution and you're hoping that some kind of business fairy will come along and supply you with a way of making money or growing to exit or whatever. That's not gonna cut it. I do need to understand that stuff. Number seven, your company isn't a registered C-Corp. I see a lot of companies coming in that are partnerships or their LLCs and they'll say, we're gonna set up the corporation when we get funding or you know, when the round is closing. I don't have time for that. I don't wanna do the paperwork with you until that's set up. And frankly, setting up a Delaware C corporation is trivial. There are dozens of reputable companies. You go to their website, you pay them a fairly small amount of money and boom, you have a Delaware C corporation and the ability to issue stock and do all those things don't wait. Before you go talk to your first investor, get that set up. If I see in your application that you're an LLC, it's straight to the drop bucket and I don't even look back. And finally, here's a bonus one. And this really does kill the most companies of any factor that I see. That's valuation. Companies just don't get the valuation right. And I can't blame founders for that. It's not obvious how to value your company. And unfortunately, if you talk to an investor, they have a vested interest in the answer that they give. So you really do need to be working with good advisors, look at valuation methodologies, but as I've talked about in another episode, they're not all that believable, and I think most people use them for support rather than for illumination. But going wrong can get you in a lot of trouble. So if you come in with, say, a $100,000 valuation, I know that you're just gonna get crushed by dilution. And you're also raising such a tiny amount of money that there's no way that you're actually gonna hit any meaningful milestones within the time that you have available. So you need to make sure that that valuation is high enough to make sense. In many ways, it has nothing to do with the actual value of your company right now. Right? If I was to come in and say, yeah, your company is worth $2 million pre-money for this investment I'm making, that in no way suggests that anyone on the planet would pay you $2 million to buy your whole company, right? They're just saying, this is a reasonable valuation that makes me good multiples if you succeed at building the business where we all think this business could potentially go and ensures that you don't get crushed by dilution so you feel just like an employee rather than a founder 
at which point the fire goes out of your belly and probably we don't make the returns we're expecting. So it is self-interested. We want the founder to maintain that really strong, hungry drive towards growth. And so setting that valuation appropriately high is key. Now, the other thing that I see probably more often is ridiculously high valuations where someone's coming in with a company and they're still building their MVP. Fundamentally, they're late idea stage. Maybe they've got some early prototypes working and they're saying that their company is worth 10, $12 million pre-money. Not in my world, right? I know that I would never invest in them at those valuations and I know no one in my group would invest in them at those valuations. Now, there are some exceptions where there's been a huge amount of work done, there's been a lot of money already invested or massive grants, they really have built something out which justifies those kind of numbers. But I gotta say, that's not the usual case. When I see people coming into a pre-seed round, and we specialize in pre-seed rounds, with a valuation north of $10 million, it's almost always an express ticket out. Right. I don't have time to really sit down and dig through the financials, but that's a big red flag. And I know our, it, our members won't buy it either. Right. I've seen the track record. People don't invest above $10 million in pre-seed rounds in our group. So there's really almost no reason to bring those companies forward. Getting funding from anyone, but especially angel groups and venture capital, is at least as much about avoiding no's as it is getting to yeses. We're all looking for reasons to reduce the number of companies that we need to look at in detail. So do your best to think about all of these ways companies get eliminated and make sure that you at least make it through to the stage where we have to work to eliminate your company or indeed say yes. Thanks for watching this episode. I hope you found it useful and interesting. And as usual, please do like, subscribe, ring that bell, sign up for boot prints over at Feel the Boot, come over and get some advising. I love to talk to founders and I'd be happy to help you with whatever kinds of issues you may be running into. As a founder, I have worn all the hats, so I'm able to help with a wide variety of issues. And of course, I'm learning constantly from the founders that I work with through this program. And until next time, Ciao.